Wir gehen es Ihnen und was ist los? It's deinen Freundo, Seth. I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh, German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Visible is a wireless carrier that is not invisible. It is pretty clear from the name. Actually, radio waves are invisible. And I can say this with authority as a licensed amateur radio operator. That being said, Visible won't be giving you the power to see light outside the visible spectrum. It's actually way better because having that ability would make getting around very difficult and distracting. What you do get with Visible is unlimited 5G data powered by Verizon. You get one line of wireless, just $25 a month, which is great in these times of economic uncertainty. That is one line for $25, taxes and fees included. So whatever you're doing at this moment, please stop. Switch immediately. Now, monthly rate on the Visible plan for data management practices and additional terms, visit Visible.com. Listen. Hello and welcome to NBC IGN's Nintendo podcast. This week we will be talking about how the Nintendo Switch is four years old. Is that old in a console's life lifespan? You will find out during this episode. But also there are more rumors about a Switch Pro. And I know I said we would not talk about this anymore, but this time it actually seems pretty <laughs> credible. So we're going to talk about it. I am your host, Casey DeFridis. And this week I am joined by Brian Altano. Hello. Happy anniversary, Nintendo Switch. Happy anniversary, <laughs> Seth Macy. 
friendo. <laughs> oh, your, your audio gate cut off the whole first half of that. <laughs> no, 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 I, I, I dipped out. Yeah, I, I wanted to. And now like he's I'm back. Coming in. <laughs> and also Tom Marks. Hi. Hi, who did do the updated review of the Nintendo Switch a, a little while ago. I guess, yeah. how long ago was that? Two years uh, now? Two, two, three years at this point, yeah. It's, it seems like only yesterday I think, when... I think probably two. It was whenever they added ago. Nintendo Switch Online officially. That's how I remember it. Yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. It is. It was back then. I mean, it seems like it was only yesterday that the Nintendo Switch was a toddler. Now it's a full-grown child. <laughs> but uh, if you're considering actual... Ni- nintendo console lifespans it is a it is i don't know it's middle age this is a middle age console now does it feel old to you guys with considering that all of the new next gen consoles are out the ps5 and the xbox series x and s i mean i'll i'll kick things off by saying no not at all to me like it is it's weird to think that it's been that we're theoretically over halfway done like over halfway past its life cycle right like that is a very odd thought to me um and even like looking back at its launch when people were like oh well it's a lot weaker than the ps4 and the xbox one right like i don't really think that that problem has gotten any worse over the last four years right like even with the launch of the ps5 and the xbox series x like Yeah, those are much, much more graphically powerful consoles, but I still don't really feel like the Switch is like outclassed in any sort of way that I I don't know. It just feels like it's keeping up with those, even though, yes, it absolutely has weaker graphics, right? Like it that's a fact, but like, I don't know, except for the occasional game here and there that has little frame hitches or is running a little slower, like it doesn't really feel crazy noticeable given how old this tech was when it launched and how long it's been since launch, it still feels just like a, like an awesome system to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can, I can't agree with you on that. I mean, I don't think it's old. It's still my most, it is my most played console just because it is so easy to move it from room to room. I mean, I can, I have in my house, I have three different like areas that you can play games and I just have a different dock in each of those places. So if I want to stream or if I want to capture anything, I have a dock at my desk and a dock. It's just so much less hassle to move it from room to room. And then I also, the way I play it in, in bed when I should be sleeping, I have a tablet holder so I can be super lazy and put it right in front of my face because my eyes are bad. Um, it's just so much easier <laughs> to move around than my consoles. But that might be just me being weird, having multiple places to sit to play games at. Mm-hmm. I have the exact same situation as you. I have like docks everywhere I go. There's an, I'm never an arm more than arm's length away from a Nintendo Switch dock. But I did have this question that just a- appeared in my brain out of nowhere. Uh, do you guys think that it would still feel old or it would feel older if it were not handheld enabled? Because I think a lot of the charm and wonder uh, greatness of the Switch is because you can just pop it out and take it with you. But like if this were just a little box that set on your TV, I think we'd be like, man, they got to upgrade this one. I noticed <laughs> right. during Bravely Default like uh, 2, and now people are playing it, you probably have noticed it too, like there's the checkerboarding sort of graphical trick that they do. You know, and you saw that on uh, like Red Dead Redemption 2 for PS4 on the 1080 version. They did the same sort of thing where they there's not really enough power there to fully push those graphics. So they have to do like little 
you know, compression techniques and little tricks to make it. So I don't know. I I'm torn because there's a, so much to be said for having the ability to just walk around your house, like you said, and just drop it in anywhere you want to. Right. Yeah, I, I think like what's interesting about reflecting on this, this, this system, hybrid system four years in is that it is um, like to truly enjoy it. There's a lot of kind of lowered expectations that have come with the reality that it has fundamentally remained unchanged since launch outside of like a few minor tweaks. Like we wanted folders, we wanted themes, we wanted Netflix. There's all this like sort of like, you know, ancillary stuff that uh, might make the overall experience a little bit better, but isn't mandatory or necessary. And none of that has happened. And so it's really like it's it's still like the same kind of the machi- same machine we had when we were playing Breath of the Wild on day one. Um, the, in terms of like how well it performs doing all the things it's trying to do. I think it's fantastic at that. Um, but again, it's not, it's, it's not where I go to play stuff like the last of us two, or, you know, like game pass has its own charm. Like it is, it is pretty much where I play indies and I play like awesome triple a first party stuff, which is pretty much exactly what I would have guessed four years ago. And I love it for that. Uh, I don't think that specifically there are like some games that are being held back. Uh, obviously, we've talked about you know, Hyrule Warriors or, you know, Cadence of Hyrule or what, what, what's the new one called? The uh, Age of Calamity. There we go. Calamity yeah. Brothers. It all melts together. <laughs> uh, sorry about that. Yeah. So the, obviously that that one had some issues um, tech wise. Animal Crossing chugs a little bit when you start visiting people who go really crazy on their islands. Like there's <laughs> there's definitely some stuff that, it you know, it is 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 it's kind of dragging a little bit here and there but for the most part like i think they really nailed the vision here like i think that this is what they set out to do and it is performing exceptionally well in terms of being this handheld console hybrid that people of all walks of life can enjoy like i think they absolutely nailed that and it's fantastic to see millions of people join that that sort of celebration and that ecosystem uh, seemingly every few months like the sales numbers are, are bonkers mm-hmm. new games are constantly coming you know i i'm super happy with it like it's it's a fantastic machine i think when we all look back on this we're gonna remember the nintendo switch is like one of the best video game systems ever hands down yeah, absolutely and especially <laughs> the funny thing also because you're right it does have those issues like it has issues even in certain games like that you you look at and you're like why does it have issues right that like they never fixed the the frame rate stuttering issue in Link's Awakening, right? Which yep. is a game that shouldn't really, when you look at it on the surface, like, and I don't know how hard, you know, optimizing games is, obviously, but like, you wouldn't think that game would have issues like that. But the reason, I guess, at least in the, especially in the last year and a half, that that hasn't even really like overly bugged me that much is because you look at the other consoles and major games are having issues like that way worse on much more powerful consoles and obviously they're much more graphically ambitious games but when you look at like the stuttering of Link's Awakening and then you look at the disaster that was Cyberpunk on PlayStation 4 or Xbox Mm -hmm. One like it's hard to be like, oh, well, the Switch specifically is having performance issues because the truth of the matter is major games across every platform are having performance issues and it's just being scaled up to the graphics that they're trying to achieve, right? Like, So it it, it has made the Switch feel less dated to me in its hardware because they're still making good use of the hardware that it has. Right. 
And just to add some context, the reason why we are so confident it is midway through its life cycle, at least, is because most Nintendo systems exist for about six to seven years before a new Nintendo console is released. And four years in, it's actually uh, more than half, statistically speaking, for Nintendo consoles. And But the Wii U actually had an even, even shorter system uh, lifespan, which was less than five years, 2012 mm. to what what was it 2017 yeah it was, that was an anomaly it was, yeah. a, it was crazy it was like almost exactly four years ago they just said nah no more with you yeah yeah i'm yeah. happened. and like that's, that's a wild thing that right now if the switch performed as bad as the wii u we'd already be talking about whatever the next nintendo system is we would already know it right mm-hmm. like at this point in the 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 wii u's life cycle we knew about the switch is just mm-hmm. like a weird thing to think about in terms of like i don't feel like the switch is that old doesn't feel mm-hmm. like we're closer to their next system than we are the switch at all because well the that's it yeah the difference between a hit and a failure yeah yeah <laughs> the switch has so many games too yeah i i just wanted to bring up so the the npd groups game polls um according to them there are 4839 games that have launched on the what nintendo bananas. switch over a hundred of those are great Yes, there's a lot of games. There's um, a lot of games. It definitely reminds me of like Steam, like seven years ago when it started, or like six, maybe five or six years ago. Actually, is closer when it started ramping up to people being like, "Yeah, there's like four games released a day on Steam," and then now it's like thirty games released a day on mm-hmm. Steam, yeah. and the Switch is sort of following a similar trajectory where it's like, yeah, every day a few more. Like that number, that average starts creeping up. It reminds me of the old Wii days, of course, the last mega hit for Nintendo when everyone was complaining. There's so much shovelware. There's so much shovelware. (laughs) And there's a lot of Nintendo Switch shovelware. But the fact that there are 4,839 games for the Nintendo Switch is just a testament to how popular it is. The same with the Wii shovelware. You know, everyone always says, oh, the Wii U didn't have third-party support. But, like, third parties don't care if your console isn't selling they're not going to give you support so it's like it follows rather than leads the success of a console so successful console hundreds of games about digging holes with a shovel and pushing bunnies inside of them mm-hmm. for a dollar 99 with retro gla- graphics someone should okay. share that logic to ea though because uh they don't yeah. seem to be following <laughs> i was actually just going to say that like i, I it's it's sort of funny to be to watch some of the companies that were kind of reticent about jumping on board with the Nintendo Switch who four years in now are just like oh uh here's uh here's plants for zombies uh because it's like you guys missed out on some big money like you screwed yeah, up I'm yeah. sorry super easy to make big money on Switch and you drop that ball like yeah. we've been saying for four years you know put Dead Space on there take a you know take a bunch of yeah the Sims like just insane to me that they haven't done that Ubisoft if you look at their strategy of the ba- basically aligning significant software with the launch of l- almost literally everything, even Stadia, they were there and they're like, hey, we're going to give this a shot. Like they're smart about that. Right. And they had major wins on Switch. They're they're, you know, c- consistently some of the best selling games come from Ubisoft. Like they're super happy with their profits on there. Like Although, it's great. Yeah. So to be fair, reportedly. Google paid Ubisoft $20 million in order to put their games on Stadia, uh, which is insane. So that might be part of it. And mm-hmm. and I, I totally agree with you. I think they missed a missed the boat by a lot. But also, as we already brought up, like I kind of don't blame them at the at the outset because like Nintendo was coming off of a of a disaster on a scale that like 
many companies do not see or recover from, right? And they did because they were so diversified with the 3DS and all these other things. But like, I kind of understand why a company would be really wary of the Switch when the Wii U was so, so underperforming. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree with that. But to, yeah. to be fair, like EA does, like historically, I feel like they don't really have a ton of faith in what Nintendo's doing. I, I think it's just, <laughs> it it seems like it, is it doesn't really run in parallel or tandem with with their vision of the way they want to make games, which admittedly seems like it's changing constantly because a few years ago they're like, we don't want to support or like, you know, celebrate our legacy content as much. We're about telling new stories and stuff. And I, I don't know. I, I feel like that every single time we have this conversation and EA is always like, we will take a wait and see approach. Here's a half broken uh, FIFA game that's missing grass. Uh, and people are like, we're not buying that. <laughs> yeah. And they're like, I guess people on Nintendo systems don't want EA games. And we're like, we don't want that. We don't want that one. <laughs> yeah, like, Give us the good uh, stuff. Mass Effect Legendary Edition. I know it's it's remastered and upscaled to 4K, but I mean, that is also so far not coming to Switch either. Mm-hmm. I feel like that would be such an easy win considering i mean if people have only stuck with nintendo games nintendo systems going forward mass effect is a huge is just a huge property that i'm sure many nintendo fans would love to get into but Mm -hmm. no news on that just just bring ssx tricky to nintendo switch that's all i want (laughs) oliver platt can reprise his his role as eddie and uh rozelle i don't think he's doing anything right now definitely not definitely not but yeah we are he's good sorry <laughs> very good um i also just wanted to mention what should we expect for the second half of the nintendo switch life cycle assuming that we have a full a full like i don't know two to three years of the nintendo switch before we get a brand new console but already in this next year we're getting and there's quite a few games but big games like uh mario golf super rush skyward sword hd we're getting a new breath of the wild a new bayonetta and beyond that is splatoon 3 project triangle strategy and metroid prime 4 and a bunch of other games that i haven't even mentioned but what does it are there enough games that we can expect to come out to support the switch beyond the next two years in the first place Mm, yeah i Definitely think so. Although the further along we get, the more I'm convinced Metroid Prime 4 isn't a Switch game and that it's whatever Nintendo <laughs> has next is what that's going to be on. But yeah, there's like, I mean, there's huge games and then there's, it's Nintendo. They're, they're sitting on like the most incredible surprise right now. And they're going to be like, oh, by the way, here's, mm-hmm. you know, something you all wanted and you didn't expect this time during this, you know, Bakugan Nintendo Direct that they'll have in the future. And then they'll, you know, they'll do a Switch on us. Yeah, oh, I didn't mean to say. Ah. I see what you did there. No, I, I I've been saying I've been saying this for a while, but I think that this is the time to start like dipping into the you know the C and D tier Nintendo franchises that people really love, but really haven't gotten a lot of love in a long time. Stuff like you know Punch Out and oh, you know yeah. give us another Pikmin. Give us not to call those things C or D tier, but in terms of like popularity and sales and stuff like that, definitely not you know critical acclaim. Um, those I think this is when you dip into that, because otherwise you're you're on the hook to make a new Mario and a new Zelda game every two and three years forever, which I personally have no problem with. <laughs> but I do think that you need to kind of diversify the portfolio a bit more there. And it's also what's at pretty much it feels like almost everything that they put on Switch sells well, like Pikmin became the best selling, fastest selling game in the entire franchise, uh, just because there's a lot of like, you know, excitement for 
Nintendo stuff right now. And mm-hmm. there's a lot of people hungry for Nintendo games and they see that first party logo. They're excited to jump in. Like, I, I think you can you could either, you could sell a million copies of a of a punch out game in a couple of months now. And I don't know if you could have done that again like at several other points in history, you know. Um, so this would be a good time to bring that back. Obviously, like there's stuff like Mario Kart nine, which is, you know, could easily sell another hundred million copies if they wanted it to. Uh, yeah, like this is this is the interesting part of the Nintendo life cycle because like it's like okay, you're you're successful and you're 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 killing it and you're doing great. Now what? What are you going to do with this like with this level of success and fame? Like we we know about you know Breath of the Wild two. We don't really know what's next for the next three D Mario or the next two D Mario or the next Mario Kart, and so. Yeah, I mean, it's it's time for them to start firing in all cylinders for the next four years and just like really bring it home. And I when I was first planning what we were going to talk about for the show, my initial thought was like, oh, it's the four year anniversary of the switch we will rank mm-hmm. every four years. And then I quickly realized that that would be a really uh, short conversation because uh, Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey came out in the first year, so there's not nope. really a whole lot of conversation to be had about that. But I just wanted to ask all of you, why is Breath of the Wild still one of our top Switch games? It's been four years. And for anyone also interested, I know that uh, some of our partners at a, another IGN office came out with a video of like why Zelda Breath of the Wild is a game for the ages and it's a really awesome love letter to Zelda. So shout out to that video. You should go watch it. But yeah, why is why does why does Zelda hold up? I know we've talked about it a ton, but just a quick summary. Well, <laughs> it's just that the best thing that the Wii U has ever produced, right? <laughs> it is. <laughs> uh, it's the best game on two nintendo systems what yeah. other like game can say that so. um no I, I i don't know man it just like it changed the formula it changed the it changed what zelda was in such a fundamental way and it also simultaneously changed what open world was in a lot of ways compared to a lot of other games i think it re refreshed a genre that absolutely needed refreshing in a way that has resonated and continues to resonate as other open world games kind of of the old style continued to come out and people were kept being like oh yeah but this isn't breath of the wild and like it just did something that like has still yet to be really replicated in the way that they did it i think it it mm-hmm. is a incredibly it's an incredibly old idea done in an incredibly unique feeling way and i think that that is almost more powerful than an entirely new idea in some cases at least it has a staying power a lot more in some cases i mean it's it's also it's one of the most recognizable intellectual properties ever there's nostalgia for it regardless of your age but if you're young it's one of the few open world games that you can buy like it's it's rated e for everyone like it, there's there's definitely like a you know you don't have to sneak in a GameStop with a fake mustache to buy gta you know um it's it's not like yeah like the amount of nonsense i had to do as a kid to buy like mortal Kombat games and like you know hoodwink like sketchy friends older brothers to like help us out and stuff like that you don't have to do that here it also has that sort of like that minecraft magic of there's a million ways to approach this game uh, with all of the sort of 
different interlapping uh overlapping systems in this game like it just makes for this incredibly delightful thing to look at even when you're not playing it like there are routinely new clips of people sequence breaking and glitching and just straight up <laughs> magical flying across this game <laughs> like they added a motorcycle a couple years ago like it just keeps giving there's there people are still discovering new things in it it is this massive sandbox it's super fun to poke around in at your own pace like it is it is absolutely the brilliant sort of desert island game and i think it it deserves all of its sales do i wish it had like actual dungeons instead of 150 micro dungeons of course we can get picky about little things like that but this is a phenomenal game that will only improve from here this is the best game ever made of by and all of it i mean it is it's the most magical video game experience. I've, when I was a child back in the 1980s, let's go back. Let's take it back, kids. Start playing that sad violin music. You know, we would buy Nintendo games. We would open up the manuals and we would look at all the drawings in there so we could imagine what those little pixelated dots were supposed to be on the screen as, you know, imagined by the artist who drew them. And then flash forward to four years ago and now we don't have to like all our childhood imagination has come to life it's real now it's like this beautiful wonderful journey through uh the imagination that we had on the original zelda so it has that like same structure that same feel but now it's like it's real it's there and you can do whatever you want you can run around all day long and cook things and and watch the uh the delicious uh soups come together and find out <laughs> i spent a lot of time cooking in that game i just loved the, the sound of it so no yeah, like to, most to reiterate game. seth old very old zelda players like us will recognize that I, I swear we've spent our entire lives looking at the uh promotional artwork around the original legend of zelda this year i decided i actually wanted to like follow hockey a little bit more than just the most casual of casuals so i subscribed to a service that streams all of the NHL to your television, uh, the Boston Bruins home opener. I went to watch it and boom, blackout restrictions apply, which I thought was kind of ridiculous because I'm still 200 miles away from Boston, but whatever. Had I had NordVPN, that wouldn't have been a problem. I would have just gone in, changed my settings to another geographic area, and boom, I could have been watching all the Boston Bruins home games like it was nothing at all. So now I have NordVPN and I can watch the home games of my local teams streaming without being frustrated. It's the same thing with like Netflix. It has all these complicated licensing rules, which from one country to another don't really make sense. So something you could watch on South Korean Netflix, you won't be able to watch on the United States Netflix unless NordVPN, boom, switch to South Korea and you're watching whatever Korean drama that you want I highly recommend you do that. I haven't done it myself, but people seem to enjoy them. And who am I to try to bring down people's enjoyment? Uh, NordVPN, more than just entertainment and sports availability, it's going to protect you, especially when you're traveling, when you're using public Wi-Fi. People are trying to get in there. They're creeping on you. Bad actors, people trying to steal your password, your bank account details. Who knows what the government's doing these days? I can't keep track. They're all over the damn place. NordVPN... It's going to protect you. It's going to protect up to six devices because I know you have at least that many devices in front of you right now that can hook up to the internet. Boom. Fastest VPN in the world. You're not going to get any buffering. You're not going to get any lagging. Uh, it's going to stop your ISP from bandwidth throttling, which they do. That's kind of sneaky, especially how much you're paying those guys. There's threat protection to protect you from viruses and malicious malware and whatever else. Uh, um, 
unsavory actors are out there. If you want to get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. That's nordvpn.com slash NintendoVC. Victor Charlie. Uh, that link is also going to give you four extra months on the two-year plan. There is no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nice of them, and I appreciate that. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. And saying, I just want a game where I can do that. Where yes. like you, you walk out, there's a huge mountain, it's in the distance, it's sort of painterly, and you're like, I want to go there and I want to do that. And yep. who knows what happens in between. And they made it. They made they that game. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They made, you know, they read my childhood dream journal and mm-hmm. made it come to life in the most spect. And it's not even that it's like my dreams were realized they were exceeded. Like I didn't just didn't expect it to be so charming and captivating. And like somebody said, the best open world games are the ones that don't even care if you're there. I remember, and I'm, I'm sure I've told this before. I remember it started raining. A deer looked up, like licked itself like its cheek because a raindrop fell on its nose or something. It didn't care <laughs> that I was there. It was just a deer. I love it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Nintendo, for the Nintendo Switch's last four years, including Breath of the Wild. I can agree with all of you that the Breath of the Wild just has endless entertainment. There are so many different things you can do in that game and discover and explore and get better at. It is it is amazing. So thank you. But now we have to talk about the potential for another Switch or a Switch Pro. So there are a lot of questions I have around this. I really unsure but this time we got a report from bloomberg and base their headline is authoritative they said specifically that nintendo plan switch model with bigger samsung oled display is it oled that's that's probably either either or oled oled depends on if you're like in a hurry (laughs) but that is that is the headline that is a definitive this is happening headline and bloomberg is not a a tiny site that runs off rumors. I would assume that they put some thought into their headlines. They wouldn't want to publish something that is categorically just completely wrong. I almost said Bloomberg is a tiny man. I don't know why. (laughs) So Nintendo is allegedly set to reveal a new model of Nintendo Switch with a bigger Samsung OLED display later this year that will be able to output 4K ultra-high-definition graphics when in docked mode. And the OLED panel will consume less battery, offer higher contrast, and possibly faster response time when compared to the Switch's current liquid crystal display, said Yoshio Tamura, co-founder of display consultancy DSCC. So... I know that um, you can see if you are watching on YouTube or IGN.com, you can actually see a mock-up comparison that our friend at IGN made, uh, Justin Vachon. And 
it looks I know there are a lot of questions out there like can my Joy-Cons fit on a bigger screen that's seven inches and according to this mock-up it could work yeah it, for, for those of you not watching essentially what you can do to get a sense of how big a seven inch screen is is look at your current switch right a, a regular size switch and that sort of shiny black bezel that's around where the game actually displays that's just all screen now it basically would stretch to the edges of that shiny black in in all directions almost almost and again this is just a mock-up we don't know if that's actually what it would look like but the 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 reason we we did that mock-up and the proof of concept of it is basically saying the actual body of the switch theoretically wouldn't necessarily have to change it could still be the same size as a joy-con is on the sides of it um, for it to have this pretty impactfully bigger display, mm-hmm. theoretically. And that said, what a wonderful time it would be to reinvent the Joy-Cons. <laughs> Just saying. Yeah. Perfect opportunity. Yeah. Third third tries the charm or whatever. <laughs> I, guess, I guess my thought on that, though, it would be kind of like, like a kick in the face to everyone who has the original Switch. And I'm assuming that this bigger, better switch will be more expensive than the current model obviously and kind of uh not great for people who are stuck with the old version and may potentially not have access to the new joy cons that actually don't break and also for people who do want to upgrade none of your old accessories would work with it if they change the form factor too much oh yeah it's true the uh like the the Switch Online Nintendo controller and stuff, and Super Nintendo controller wouldn't work. I mean, con- consumerism is like effectively like this this endless train yeah. going 500 miles an hour <laughs> that you can hop on at any given moment. And uh, like, that's the kind of like, the, there's the early adopters, right? Like all of us, we were talking about how we bought mm-hmm. our Switch on day one. It was a magical time. Like we just reflected yeah. about on four years. Uh, like I... To the the alternative to that is that you you trade that all of that those memories in for not having to spend money on Joy-Con or you know like uh, accessories and stuff like that, screen protectors and cases. I totally get all that. That said, I I do think there is an opportunity here to and not like they need to lower the price of the existing Switch models by fifty bucks each, um, and keeping this one in line with the two ninety nine ninety nine that they've launched the, the original Switch with. Yeah, hypothetically, and I. I actually think that it will be, I think that's what's going to happen. I think we're going to see a, a price drop of the existing model. And I think this one will sell for two ninety nine. And the reason I say that is because the author of this uh, article was tweeting out, and I can't remember his name right now, but basically like Samsung has just warehouses full of these OLED displays. They made way too many of them. They have a glut and they're like, would anybody like an OLED display? If you go to the factory <laughs> and you get a tour, they give you a stack of them to take. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Scooby-Doo and Shaggy just making a sandwich. You just shuffle them up and they just give them to you. But that being said, because there are so many, they're cheap. They're so cheap. And Nintendo heard uh, through the grapevine that somebody had a cheap high quality display and their Nintendo senses started tingling. And, you know, somebody scooped up the phone, called the factory and like, hey, listen, I'm Johnny Nintendo. I want to talk to your screen guy. And so I do believe that, especially with the cost of like everything else coming down for 4K, like basically we're going to be getting the guts of the, the whatever the Switch Pro is going to be basically the guts of the Xbox One X or the PS4 Pro. It's going to be like that sort of last generational tech stuffed inside of here. 
with a cheap, beautiful OLED screen, and I think it's going to be two hundred ninety nine. And I'll take that to the bank. Somebody can call me out with a three hundred and four dollars. Seth, throughout throughout the rest of your life, people will tell you to be less weird, and they'll tell you to rein it in, and don't listen to any of them. Stay stay exactly where you are. In fact, get my weight. Yeah, because you're you're fantastic. We can't lose that. Here's here's part of this that I didn't I didn't think that the report necessarily said that this was a more powerful switch. It just said it has a better, bigger screen and can output 4K. Right. Like we don't the jury is still out on whether this is actually a graphical or or power upgrade of a thing. It's just it only said output 4K and bigger, better screen. That's that's what we know from the report. One thing worth mentioning is that in handheld, it will still be displayed at 720, which is what the current switch does as well. And right. But I guess my question is, if the graphics are that much better, how will the, the battery would need to be improved to keep up with it? Right. Yeah, there there would have to be something that would have to change here. Like they're, they're neat. There's. They can't just slap a new screen onto the same hardware and just call it a day, right? Like, we know that's true. It's just a matter of, like, what are they or are they not touching, right? Right. Like, are they going to adjust the form factor? Are they going to adjust the battery life? Are they going to make it more powerful? Or are they just going to sort of enable these things and move on? Like, we don't really know based on just just this report. Um, And... That's an interesting question because that could very much change, I think, a lot of whether I have a huge interest in this or not, I think. Mm -hmm. Because if it is just a bigger screen, I don't really need that because I'm not really using my Switch in handheld mode much these days, right? Yeah, Um, yeah, so I I don't know. It's the 4K ultra high definition graphics when in docked mode. But that also brings up the question, how do developers deal with making games that work well at 720, but then also can do 4K? Sliders. They got sliders in there. Yeah, okay. Yeah, that's all it is. I think they're being sarcastic. You know, Um, a little bit. (laughs) This is, honestly, like, if you look at this, this is a lot more in line with what Nintendo's done throughout history than I think any of the expectations have been for the hypothetical Switch Pro to begin with. Like, I think forever people have been like, they're going to make, like, so, for example, I have, like, the iPhone 12 Pro Max, and I was playing Genshin Impact on it for, like, five hours. Wow. Um, you know, on like a gorgeous screen, this it's this thing is like three or four times the cost of what yeah. a switch is like I pay for it monthly and I don't technically own it because like I'm one of those weird schlubs that like rents my phone. Um, but that's not what Nintendo makes. Nintendo doesn't make twelve hundred dollar handhelds. They make two right. or three hundred dollar handhelds for children and and adults. And, and like they 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 are f- constantly trying to find that sweet spot between how low can we go with. How high can we go with battery life and how comfortable can we keep our price line? And that is the whack-a-mole that Nintendo has played forever and will never stop playing. And I I honestly think it's kind of crazy that um, there was an expectation uh, sort of from the industry as as a whole that they were going to buck that trend and just suddenly make this twelve hundred dollar, you know, 8K iPhone Pro Max (laughs) with like it's just that's just not their style. And that's okay. Like, that's what I love about them, because they do make stuff that is accessible for for people of 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 all age groups and price ranges like i think that's tremendously important like yeah you can you can you know 
Bluetooth a controller to your phone and play Genshin Impact, but it's not Zelda, right? And it's it, I, I also like I get Slack messages when I'm trying to do that. I hate it. Like I that's the, <laughs> I hate it so much. I love that Nintendo just makes dedicated handhelds because I'm not buying into all the bloat. Um, and so I I do think that they can keep this thing around three hundred dollars. I do think that for people like Tom, it's like what's the point, right? Like if you're if you're comfortable with your Switch right now, especially like if I bought I bought the Red Box Switch like a, a year or two ago, whenever that came out, um, mm-hmm. and traded in my old one. Like that thing has amazing battery life. Like it's it, I was getting like like seven or eight hours on that which like for someone that doesn't go anywhere anymore just kind of like bum around on the couch that's 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 a that's a good deal so i think that's what can happen here uh the most interesting thing about this is that this will hypothetically launch in november Mm because allegedly dev kits are already out there and if they do that's when they're actually going you know fist and fist against playstation and xbox who will hopefully have a regulated supply chain by then and will be actually able to get consoles out of the stores and then we'll see what the sort of magnitude is of people buying into 400 500 systems because you can get you know the series s for 300 you can get a digital ps5 for 400 so to have the switch right there at 300 it has to start doing some special stuff i think to compete with certain other people you know but they could also just do nothing and keep selling billions. So who knows? I'm also glad that you brought up the potential November launch. I know that there was a quote saying that Nintendo planned the Nintendo launch so to increase desire around the holiday season, which, you know, is what video game companies always do. But right now, we don't really have a game to pair with a higher graphical capability console. Like right now, we're getting Pokemon uh, Shining shi- Shining brilliant diamond and shining pearl sorry i'm still trying to remember which one goes with which and those games don't look graphically impressive at all they're just Mm -hmm. they're chibi upresed new versions of the old diamond and pearl and i mean it i'm not it looks fine but i don't think it looks like it needs a 4k display or uh increased frame rate capabilities which is what i hope a new switch would give us because i'm with tom if all it does is give us better graphical output i don't know if i'm going to be incredibly interested in it and i already know i'm not going to be interested if it is bigger than our current switch i am not going to take that thing with me places i can barely comfortably hold the regular switch (laughs) which is why i use that uh the the janky um tablet holder when i play it at home so no, you're right. It's it's it, it would be a tough sell for a lot of people. That said, I think that Nintendo's had some like th- their graphics recently, uh, especially since going into HD, have been so like magnificently clean and gorgeous. Yeah. You know, yeah, they're they're minimalist sometimes and they're cartoony sometimes, but simple art direction and clean art direction scales super well on a 4K device. I also think that like the Nintendo has a history of allowing uh, or, or basically using their hardware to tell the stories that their software wants to tell. Uh, there's been that that sort of pairing hand in hand. That's what's the, their kind of magic is that they are, you know, a, a, a software and a hardware company in unison. And for them to want to make something like this, it means it, it tells me that they have stories that they want to tell that will benefit from this. Like, I think they're looking at Breath of the Wild 2. They're looking at Metroid Prime 4. They're looking at other big games in their in their rep- repertoire and they're going, this is good, but this could be so much better over here with this, this and this. So let's just make it. So that's yeah. that's what that's what excites me. I, I would also say that I would I would resist the expectation that Nintendo 
has, wants, or needs some sort of graphically insane powerhouse game to sell a new system like that. Like, I don't think that that's ever been Nintendo's game. Like, even if you look at you, you look at the last two major Zelda releases, mainline Zelda releases, they came out on the new system and the old system, right? Mm-hmm. The Skyward Sword came out on Wii and Wii U. Uh, Breath of the Wild came out on Wii U and Switch. Like, they don't really necessarily ever go out of the gate with a new hardware with like here's this beautiful high fidelity game right they just make stylized games like brian said which scale well and like that's true too of of even breath of the wild where you play breath of the wild on tv and that game is incredible but like you know the grass and the leaves are kind of jaggy and there's like a lot of little rough edges and aliasing and that sort of thing and then you look at the like sort of uh like pirated footage of 4k breath of the wild on pc mm-hmm. that people have done and it looks unbelievable at 4k and so yep. if they made a system that could literally just say hey here's the best zelda game ever made running in 4k then like that's that's like a pretty big selling point on its own that's yeah, true they're... but at the at the same time like you look at the 3ds when they came out with the new 3ds xl they launched it alongside Monster Hunter 4 Ultimate, which would make use of the better, the smoother frame rate and the better graphics and the little like nub that they added to it. And that's I wanted it because it would run Monster Hunter better. And I don't know if I would have gotten it on launch day if I didn't have a game to warrant getting it on day one. I mean, that's how I feel like most people are with consoles unless they have a game to that they need. They need that console for. And I guess need is a pretty wide uh, subjective term and people aren't going to want it Im- immediately. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I guess it, it comes down to then how they frame this, if they're framing this as a new 3DS or if they're just framing it as the like 3DS XL or whatever right like Mm -hmm. in in that sort of context because they've done both right they've done sort of just like here's a bigger nicer version of what you have Mm -hmm. or here's the next step of what you have and yeah I I think my expectation is more that they're just going to do the lap the former which is just Mm. here's a, a prettier kind of slightly upgraded version of what you have to tide you over for the next three years before the next thing comes. Yeah. In in terms of like naming conventions, I think we're, we're far more likely to see something like the, you know, Nintendo switch XL or the Nintendo switch plus rather than like the super Nintendo switch or something like that. Although that last one sounds, I know that's the coolest one. (laughs) You know, I also wanted to mention back when we had the new 3ds XL, we, there were rumors about a new 3ds with a better chipset that would run even better and it turned out that that ended up being the switch mm-hmm. so <laughs> is there a possibility that all of these rumors are actually a totally new console and not related to the switch i um, i'm not thinking i'm thinking no, probably I, not <laughs> i'm thinking this is this is this is to the switch what the ps4 pro was to the ps4 what the series the, the one right God. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, I don't know what Xbox is like, doing. You're going to be able to play the same games that you play now. I don't think they're going to put games out that are only playable on a 4K Switch. I think this is just like we're getting over the hump until like we they they bring out whatever the next console is. I think that's what we're looking at right now. Right, right. I really hope that they aren't going to be coming out with games that are only playable on the Switch Pro, even though they, they did. Uh, no. 
do that occasionally with the the new 3ds i know like xenoblade yep. chronicles i think was only yep. you could only play that on the new 3ds but hopefully it is just as scarce as it was before or maybe they learned that it just doesn't work to make things exclusive to the like pro version of a console yeah that's that's locking out a pretty enormous market of yeah. people who already on switches if they do that yeah completely agree that's i mean we talked before about like you know sort of punishing the consumer for jumping in early but i think something like that would be like it's one thing to to like have to get new joy con or new controllers or something like that but to be completely locked out of first party software um on a on the system that you bought mm. specifically or mostly for first party software i think would be a tough thing to sell i think it's like it's i'm i'm wondering if, the, if this is this is why we haven't seen a lot more breath of the wild 2 yet cuz it's yeah. like when we're ready to see it we're going to yep. really see it and we're going to be like, oh, like Digital Foundry is going to be running tech tests on it. And they're going to be like, that was running at 4K. What are they doing over there? What are they hiding from us? Yeah, I'm, so- think- <laughs> I'm thinking if this new Nintendo Switch is coming out in November, they will reveal it at the same time as new gameplay for the new Zelda and oh it will launch at the same time. Mm-hmm. That's what I think. Part well, of they, me, said, they said Zelda's not coming this year. Oh, that's right. Oh, uh, never mind. Theory's well, wrong. That's even like, better. I think we might have gotten the first half of that theory right, which is they'd probably reveal it with new gameplay since they said that they're going to be mentioning Zelda more this year, but uh, the launch at the same time might not might not line up. Did I miss where they officially stated that the, the Breath of the Wild 2 would not launch this year? I think that they was, didn't they say you'll have to wait a lot longer and like it's I thought they yeah, we'll have more they news. Said they're, they said we'll, this we'll year, have but, more news this year, but they didn't say it's not launching this year. Uh, did they? I don't think they did. They did. I don't think they did. I'm like, I feel like I'd be I'd be like just I would I would be a little bit sadder regularly if I knew that already. (laughs) (laughs) Just 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 like uh, I just I just looked up Breath of the Wild 2 release date and the top thing is from Tom's guide. So, Tom, this is from you. Um, This is why Google's bad. (laughs) (laughs) uh, Somewhere between uh, now and March 2023. So there you have it. Wow. So I'm saying there's a chance. <laughs> I'm kind of hoping that they do a March release again. I hope that if they do do a November, like if this is coming out and it comes out in November, I hope to God they have enough because people are we're so I, I'm I'm still tired from the holiday season of like trying to get people, you know, notifications of when the PS5 went up and when the X and that's still happening. It's March. <laughs> I know I saw it. I saw I saw it yesterday. I was I was ready to send it to my friends, but it was already sold out 12 minutes after your tweet. I just hope I mean, it would be great for like us in commerce if it came out in November, because it'd be like, wow, we we don't have to do anything. We just click a button, copy paste. Aha, we're done for the year. But I mean, to to go with what Casey was saying about like the sort of like needing like a big game alongside the launch of this hardware to justify it. Like, that's the perfect one. Like, oh, yeah, that's the perfect one. D- repeat your success that you had four years ago do it again but bigger remember know, how happy literally. we all were <laughs> for know. like those three four weeks after the switch came out and we we're all just playing and sharing our stories and just oh my god having a good cry i vote so. 2017 march is the best march in the past four years absolutely yeah i know <laughs> if ever here's I'll, I'll tell you the worst one uh march 2020 yeah yeah which That's is still happening. <laughs> <laughs> so we got the best March and the worst March of all time mm-hmm. in the past, at least for this decade, in the past two years, four years. Okay. Stay tuned to IGN's top five marches of the last five years. 
Real quick, just to clarify, Onuma in the direct in February said we can't share any. We don't have anything to share right now, but we should be able to bring you more information later this year, which is mm-hmm. to me implied it's not coming out this year, because why would they say we should be able to bring you more information later this year? <laughs> like, you can hear the expectations lowering there. We yeah. should be able to bring you yeah. more later yeah. this year. Let's just, just like, <laughs> no. so yeah, that was, that was my own projection of it not coming out this year, but I, I stand by that assumption of mine. That's fair. Yeah. I hope you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you all for talking with me in such detail about the last four years of the Nintendo switch and for the rumored switch pro that will probably not be named the super Nintendo switch, but probably a new switch or something along those Thank lines. You. So, <laughs> But there is there's a little bit of more more news this week that I figured we could touch upon, which is um so Sakurai Presents was this morning where he showed off Pyra and Mithra from Xenoblade Chronicles 2 uh, in Smash. They detailed their movesets. Uh, Pyra is slower and stronger and Mithra deals less damage, but is quicker. And we also got some I don't know, is anyone particularly excited for these two characters in Smash? Not I, mean, I know there's. Excited but, for yeah. the people who are excited. Yeah, yeah. I'm so excited yeah. for you guys. But <laughs> I, uh, I did love the part in his presentation this morning where they he basically showed off that drawer full of action figures that he has. Did you guys catch that? He basically has an action figure for almost everyone in Smash. Oh my goodness! Yeah, which is super cool. But, are they not amiibos? No, yeah, it's just it's just like a weird Mega Man figure from like the '90s, and like you know, like it just random random toys. The this Zero Suit Samus Figma, like stuff like that. I like I like action figures, so I'm a big fan. Um, but yeah, so it just it made me it made me want to know like what other toys he has for the next fighters coming. Oh that yeah, based, hopefully based on ones that I am more excited for than these two. And also during that presentation, I mean, my hopes are already dashed because I know they would not announce a whole new fighter during one of these presentations. But they showed the Rathalos, and uh, we are getting me fighter costumes for Rathalos armor and Hunter armor of hunters from Monster Hunter, and they are just the sword fighter me's. I'm sad. That means I love it. And also a hat for the Palico, and they are using the sword and shield. in this which makes most sense for sword fighter but <sighs> there are <there> were... <laughs> and now i feel how everyone else feels like it's like oh but you've got a me fighter of it it's like no i don't i don't care i'm not gonna use it i want the real thing the fact, the fact that they put th- that a rathalos has been a boss in smash bros ultimate since the game launched and then they never added a monster hunter fighter was so sad like it's just been so sad <laughs> <laughs> just big size all around size all around i heard i heard rumors that they were planning on making a fighter but then um i guess discussion of that just fell through and just didn't work and that they used their prototype for monster hunter on byleth instead those are all rumors but it makes sense because in monster hunter you have all of these different weapon types so you would it would make sense to have different weapons on the character so mm-hmm. I wish that was a monster hunter. It's fine. I so pretend. much in the last minute. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, everyone take a shot every time I saw. It. I'm yeah, sorry. Every no, every me fighter is basically like that weird loop of disappointment and acceptance where you're like, well, they're in the game, but not enough. <laughs> like it's every like I remember when they were like beautiful Joe. I was like, oh, 
man. Uh, like that just means that he won't be. That sucks. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, it's cool to see you there. Yeah, like, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I'll test it out. I honestly, I never stick with me fighters ever. I barely, t- I probably have like less than two hours of playtime with me fighters just because mo- most people <laughs> spend their time with me fighters making the me fighter. Yes. And then they play it once and they're like, well, that was fun. I'm going to make it. 100%. 100%. They're cool. We're also getting um, Arthur's um, armor and helm from Ghost and Goblins that also came out recently. Also another Capcom game. Uh, so if you are interested in the Pyra and Mithra movesets, you can watch that video of Sakurai Presents and get all of the information you need from that. We spent so much time talking about the Switch. Which is, those were great discussions. But with that in mind, let's move on to Animal Crossing New Horizons Mario stuff. That is that is all the oh, all the right. notes I have. Yeah. I was hoping that Brian would maybe have have gotten back in it because there's a warp I have pipe. not yet. All right. Well, I there's haven't. a warp pipe and you can fast travel with it. Uh, I will say uh, IGN put up an awesome article this morning, uh, basically collating a bunch of people's Animal Crossing islands that they've effectively converted their islands into side scrolling Super Mario levels, complete with what? warp pipes, jumps, collecting coins and everything. And God, I love that. That oh, is so cool. Very, very cool. <laughs> that is so cool. Um, no, I, I'm absolutely planning on going back to Animal Crossing for this game. I haven't played the Animal Crossing in a while, so I have this weird. It's like it's straight up textbook definition anxiety about not mm-hmm. about worrying about getting there and and letting everyone down that I've been gone so long. And I I've, I know a lot of people on social media have told me that like. This game is a lot more forgiving. There's less like you come back and it looks like a John Carpenter movie and everybody's like miserable and they're like, where have you been? <laughs> There's less of that. And so uh, that's that's cool. I want to hear that. But still, I'm just the idea of getting back and opening that door and being like, what month is it? Like, what what are you guys doing here? It's <laughs> a little scary to me, but so I'm, I'll, I'll do it. The snow's gone. That's good. The eggs are gone, which is good. <laughs> or are they coming? Are they going to come back? Who knows? They, they Find have out to next not month. come back. Don't do Big that month. again. We'll have a whole NBC article, a whole NBC show just talking about eggs. It'll be ecstatic. I'll be ecstatic to talk about it. Oh, excellent. It was terrible. That was. I'm going to exit that episode the second it starts. (laughs) And let's exit right now into the out this week section so we can stop talking about it. Uh, So I, I, this is one of the games I wanted to play before this uh episode but it turns out that no one got codes for it i think anywhere no harvest moon one world tom what does it mean when people don't get early access to games uh you mean for review yes uh it depends it could mean nothing it it 100 could mean nothing um it could mean that PR does not want you playing the game early because they know what you'll say and they don't want you to say it essentially <laughs> is the is the most polite way to put that which is you know within their right as as their job is to sell the game to the world so i 100% understand that and i don't judge them for it um it's just not very consumer friendly basically it could mean nothing it could mean that i honestly looked up tried to find impressions of this game even and like yeah basically nobody's talking about it harvest moon one world is 50 dollars, and like that's a lot of money we are we are working a review of it right now i believe um but like it's i mean pair pair would point this out that harvest moon is not real harvest moon right story mm-hmm. of seasons is the real development team behind harvest moon harvest moon is now 
this sort of just the licensed name taken compared to what yes. the original Harvest Moon Not, was. So Natsume makes Harvest Moon and Marvelous makes Story of Season. Marvelous also does uh, yeah. Rune Factory, which is yeah. also a spinoff of Harvest Moon. Yes. I so, never knew that. Wow. Like this game doesn't look terrible to me but it also just kind of looks a little like flat and like i don't know it just didn't really like i'm interested to see how more impressions of this come out because yeah fifty dollars is a lot for what looks like a a game i could get just play stardew valley instead yeah Mm. which is why i didn't buy it myself i was like i don't know if i want to spend fifty dollars on a game i know not literally nothing about yeah Yeah, they've been really quiet about this and that Mm -hmm. is generally not a great sign it kind of implies that they're trying to just sort of bury it but that's not necessarily the case there are lots lots of reasons that a game could not have a lot of pr before before launch and not send out codes ahead of time and also just because graphically it doesn't look great doesn't mean the game mechanics are bad like i so we'll we will see. Hopefully we learn more soon. I also wanted to mention Story of Seasons Pioneers of Olive Town is also coming out later this month. So if you are into farming sims, you're going to have two options very soon. And I'm sure we'll do a comparison of both once Story of Seasons comes out later this month. But yeah, I guess what we know about Harvest Moon One World is that we don't know a whole lot. <laughs> we'll tell you more later. But also out yeah, but also out this week is Sea of Solitude, the director's cut for $20 out on the 4th. And um, Tom, have you, have you played, have any of you played this game? Uh, I actually haven't yet because we gave it a 6.5 in our review back when it launched. And I just sort of like didn't want to spend the time on mm-hmm. it. But this director's cut is supposed to be like they rewrote the script. They added all new voice acting. They changed some animations and scenes and stuff. Basically, they they went back and they they did a, apparently did a decent amount of like addressing a lot of the criticism. So I'm actually really excited to try it now. Cool. Yeah, same. I thought this looked really neat when we first saw a reveal trailer for it. So maybe I'll actually check mm-hmm. it out now and it's out on the switch. It's very, very pretty narrative story driven game. Nice. Cool. Also out this week is Kill It With Fire out on the 4th for $15. And Tom, you say it's basically like Hitman, but killing spiders. It is, uh, it is, I can 100% recommend this game. It is, you are, it's a first person, like almost dishonored style immersive sim, but instead of it being magical, you're just a dude or a person in a house that has spiders in it and you just have to go find the spiders and kill them and (laughs) find them. And like, there's this whole system where like you can pick up an object and then like very slowly, like rotate it around. So like you can walk up to the book and like pick it up and then you spin it and there's a spider on the back of the book. And it kind of has this like amazing Looney tune timing to it where it'll like freeze for a moment and then like jump off the book and run away and like scurry under a door and you got to go get it. And like, you have like guns to shoot the spiders oh, and like yeah. flamethrowers and like it just escalates insanely. It's actually like a lot, a lot of fun. It's basically you're just walking around different locations trying to find all the spiders and killing them. And it's Sounds very funny. silly, but really, really, really fun. I I think I might get that. $15 sounds like a great price point for, for killing it with fire. Yeah, <laughs> and don't get it if you are arachnophobic because it is it is like it is like i'm only minorly afraid of spiders right like the norm like the sort of like yeah like you you'd assume the average amount afraid of spiders and like even me i'm like sometimes i'm like very unsettled by walking into a room and having to like 
open every drawer very slowly to see if there's a spider in it. <laughs> yeah. That sounds really fun. Um, and there's one more game out this week I wanted to mention. Uh, it's out today. It's called Nyoja. I think I'm pronouncing that right. I'm sorry if I'm not. I intended to play this this morning before the show, but because of all of the um, new Switch Pro rumors that happened overnight, I kind of spent my time looking up that instead. But I wanted to bring this up because IGN Japan gave it a 10 out of 10 when it launched on the Vita, I think, in 2019. Crazy. And it was kind of, it was Japan only, but it was kind of a cult hit. And yeah, this when I, yeah, when I first saw the um, trailer for it, I was like, is this a an anime single player among us? Because it is a sci-fi social deduction RPG in which you will engage in discussion with a variety of unique characters with the aim of identifying the Nyoja among the group, which pretends to be human. So I've heard it's the narrative is great. The story is amazing. You basically will replay through the game, trying to over, uncover more clues and more information each time. And it just, I'm, I'm, it looks cool. It looks really neat. And I'm, I think, I mean, 10 out of 10, it's it's got to be at least decent. So I'm going to I'm going to check this out and I will come back and give you my my hands on impressions next week. Nice. But yeah, check that out. And now to move on to what we are actually playing. Brian, do you want to start off? Uh, I'm still finishing up Bowser's Fury and 3D World, just chipping away at those, taking my sweet time with them, which has been great. Uh, yeah, so not not a lot to report there. And I'm playing a lot of Yakuza Zero, but that's not on Switch, although it should be. They should fix that. Yeah. Switch, Seth, what are you? Switch Nintendo. Super Switch Nintendo? <laughs> uh, okay. As always, I've been playing Flight Simulator. That's a cool story for another podcast, even though we don't have a PC <laughs> podcast or a, uh, a Flight Simulator podcast. Seth, but, you, you get me on Instagram every single time when you post a picture from that game. And I'm like, oh, my God, he's tra- he's Seth is traveling. Where is he going? It's like, oh, it's a video game. <laughs> it's actually it's a, it's a Black Mirror episode. There's a camera of v- where it looks like you're looking out the window and you can like see the wing. So one day I just held up my switch and I was like, oh, wait, wait to do this again. But uh, I, I went on Nintendo online um, uh, to play those new games that came for the super NES. I played, uh, oh, I can't even remember the one I played. That's how much of an impact it had on me. I was like, this is a bad game. And then I was like, okay, I was clowning on fire and ice. It's time to put my money where my mouth is. So I started playing it and Holy bleep it out. That game is delightful. Absolutely play Fire and Ice. What a charming, uh, challenging, fun puzzle game that is. I was only going to play it for a minute because I always I play every game that comes to online for a minute. Because I'm usually like, that was not worth a minute of my time, but I tried it anyway. I ended up playing two hours straight of Fire and Ice, and I only shut it off because uh, it was then nine in the morning, which is when I start my work day so yeah fire nice is legit i know that uh like it's very collectible if you find a like a collective or a complete in box version of that game it's like 150 bucks wow on ebay yeah and i was i was just like yeah but so is you know let's color a dinosaur that's also <laughs> in, that's literally coloring dinosaurs with a dropper tool so no fire nice i i highly recommend it this is a wonderful game well, thank you so much. I, I'll I'll check it out now. I'm, I like. I, and I know maybe people are thinking, is he is, is this a goof? Is no. this a patented Seth Macy goof? He's, no, this is this is a paid. This is his paid thing. He's he got this. He was paid to say this. Don't say that. People might yeah, believe he's, you. He's a big time <laughs> fire and ice anyway, influencer. <laughs> 
Well, thank you for sharing Copy it. Fire and Ice was provided to me. Hashtag ad <laughs> by, by Nintendo Switch Online. Yeah, thanks Nintendo Switch Online for this opportunity to play your game for free. Yeah. Unlike anyone else in the world. <laughs> Tom, what are you playing? Uh, I've been bouncing around between a lot of stuff. I've been playing a lot of Magic the Gathering. Mm-hmm which is not on Nintendo. Uh, I have been revisiting things. I talked about revisiting Hollow Knight. I had to take a little break from that because my it was hurting my hand to play, which mm. is a weird thing. I'm sorry. Uh, if you want to hear that story, go listen to Podcast Beyond, this week's Podcast Beyond, because I talk about the, the DualSense controller hurting my hand with that game. Um, I also dipped back into Celeste a little bit, which never stops being old. I, I went through the... A side, B side, and C side of the first chapter, and like managed to complete all of them in like a decent amount of time. And I was like, oh, I like didn't completely forget how to play this game, which is nice. Um, yeah, I've just been jumping around a lot and kind of enjoying it. I'm like, it, it's that weird sort of like it, it snuck up on me how how with how busy the end of last year was with game releases it snuck up on me how kind of like quiet it's been these last couple months of like i'm Mm. like i don't really have anything to super dig into right now Mm -hmm. but hopefully that'll change soon with like monster hunter and that sort of thing yeah um i have been playing primarily just switch recently so i finished monster sanctuary last night it took me I, i think around 70 hours wow Oh, but also, also consider that uh, I would not settle for less than five starring every battle I did. So yeah. I five starred all of the champions. And if I ever got to an area and I was no longer five starring, I would retool my team. And I don't you should those skill trees are massive and there are a ton of monsters. And I would also make sure to get an egg for every single monster I encountered. Yeah. Look at those skill trees. If you're looking at YouTube. So like there's a lot of things you can do. So I went to the, I came to the last area and I was now only three starring instead of five star. And I can't have that. So I made a bunch of different teams until I, I figured out one that really worked and I beat it. And I five starred the boss on my first try. So, uh, (laughs) <laughs> and there's still um, some endgame stuff to do. And I think they're coming out with an update this month that allows you to start a new game plus with the monsters that you already have. So that sounds really cool. I'm excited for that. Um, <laughs> I've also played a little bit more of the Monster Hunter Rise demo. I had I I've been taking it easy because it's an action game, so it's kind of hard on your hands. So I was just kind of playing it sparingly um but i did play more of the demo and i got my time of fighting the great izuchi under two minutes with the cool. hunting horn so yeah i'm, I'm gonna main the hunting horn in that hunt- Who, who's not that hunting horn <laughs> it's so crazy. cool it's you know right cool. actually no I'm buying Monster Sanctuary. Every time you talk about it, I'm like, I gotta get that. And then I forget. (laughs) Now I am buying Monster Sanctuary. Do it. It's on sale. It's 25% off, everybody. By the way, I'm the deals editor here. Commerce, uh, IGN.com. He was paid to say that. No, I mean, actually, I was. You were were literally (laughs) saying your job title. (laughs) Casey, I did want to give a quick shout out to uh, eBay because eBay is where I've been uh, buying and looking up cool stuff from Super Nintendo uh, or the Super Universal Nintendo world in Japan. Uh, 
we can't we can't go there right now, obviously. No. But a lot of people are selling really cool stuff from it, including this uh, Toko Toko Mario, which walks when you push it with a stick. And now he sits on my desk and it's just super awesome because a lot of like times when you buy stuff from eBay and from Japanese sellers, they're just incredibly meticulous with how well the the things are packaged and organized they don't come showing up uh, smelling like cigarettes and oh. covered in like chewing gum and stuff like that um so the seller actually threw in like a map um and also a bag from the theme park so i have oh. this sort of like i won't get to go there for a while but this is super cool and it's like holding me over so there's tons of stuff they're selling from that theme park i think they're just going in buying it putting it immediately on ebay they're not like eating half of it like we probably would here <laughs> um <laughs> So go check that out if you if you have FOMO for travel and you want to go to the Super N- the Nintendo theme park right now. Um, this is the next best step. Yeah. Speaking of the Nintendo theme park, we just learned that the Nintendo portion of Universal in Orlando, Florida, has now been delayed to 2025. So just sad bad news ever end. I know, I know. So now we're just going to have to go to Japan as soon as it opens up so that we can go to Nintendo Land. I, I know Pear said that he will sponsor all of us. Yeah, he said all of us. At the same time to cover he it. He did, which so, was super cool of him. Yeah, yeah he so said he, would, gonna, he was going to, and he said we would have a $1,000 a day stipend to buy whatever we want. That was super yeah. nice of him. Yeah. Yep, all of the unboxing videos that we could Isn't ever Isn't that want. great? And now that we've said it on the show, uh, he's beholden to it. So thank you so much, Pear. Really. Yeah, that's definitely that. 100% real. And he has to do it now. <laughs> so um, we have very little time. But so uh, really quick, this question is from Aaron Froman for question block. Would you rather be swallowed by Yoshi or Kirby? He says explain your answer, but we don't have time. So just pick one. Kirby, I want to I want to go out creatively. That feels fun. Yeah, Kirby, I don't I don't want to be no egg. I yeah, I, I, don't, I don't I don't want to immediately pass through Yoshi's digestive system and then get spit at a wall system and be an egg. Yeah, I, I would rather become I would I want to if I'm going to die, I want to see how how Kirby thinks what th- Kirby thinks of me, really. This is this is a wild take because I I would say Yoshi because Yoshi just puts you in an egg. Kirby like canonically destroys all matter from existence that he swallows. So like I'm good. I'll just be an egg for a bit. Yeah, I was gonna say Kirby so I could be one with Kirby, but you know, being hatching from an egg may be traumatizing, but at least I'll still exist. And with that, yeah. that is all the time we have left for nintendo voice chat this week so thank you everyone for your questions and thank you for watching and listening nbc goes up every thursday at 3 p.m pacific time and just as a reminder we are moving to a different youtube channel if you are a watcher on youtube starting march 8th we will post a link to that as soon as it is available it is not available at this moment but if you do have any questions for us you can leave it in the comments or write to us at nbc at ign.com or respond to our weekly question block post on the nintendo voice chat podcast forums on facebook again thank you so much for watching and remember nbc is the only place you can get the thing Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving god, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.